0: Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Hey, can we welcome everybody in their pajamas online this morning? Hey, we love you. So glad uh, that you're joining us today. Really excited about um, as we continue this series, but the heart of this series of Christ is King is what does it look like to bring glory to Christ in every area of our lives. And uh, it's, it's very challenging as we lean in, but you know as Christians we are not, we're not, we don't answer that question by looking to the world or looking to ourselves. We answer the question by looking to God's Word. And then we say, all right, God, help us to, to have this in, in our lives. And this is so important for us to understand that God's Word is written from the heart and the character of who God is. And God is loving. He is gracious. He is long-suffering. He's slow to anger. He is uh, he's faithful when we're faithless. He's, he's good when we're not good. That's who He is. And so when we apply God's Word to our lives, it's never, it's never in a place that is offensive even though it might be a feel offensive because it it it's a contrast to us but it's always life to us it's always life giving it always produces good fruit and God's our creator and so he knows what we how we can live the best life that we can live in the most fruitful fulfilling life that we can possibly live and he's given us his word to be applied to our lives but it's not even through our efforts of application it's through us recognizing hey God yeah that's actually not going on in my life and I would like that will you help me it's by his grace he then helps us he just he's looking for permission And so as we continue with this series, we just want to continue to give him permission. God, we want to bring you glory through our lives and every area of our lives. And we've looked at what it it looks like in ourself. What does it look like to be a a person that's under the kingship of Christ? What does it look like in our church for us to be a church um, under the kingship of Christ and how we make decisions and why we make decisions? And we've been focused the last few weeks on family. What does it look like? for a family to be under the kingship of Christ. In other words, how is it, God, that you, that, that you designed family? What is the purpose of family? And say, okay, God, I want to walk that out. So we've looked at the covenant of marriage, that a family is born when a, one man and one woman get married, and God puts them together in the covenant Of marriage. Scripture talks about a mystery, which I often talk about when I do weddings. And hey, what's happening here is a mystery. There's some stuff going on here you don't know, is actually, you can't see it. But God is joining these two together. And yes, they make a commitment to one another, and that's great. And they say vows, and that's great. But they're doing it before God. And that when they say, yes, we're going to be married, and they make the commitment to one another, it's a covenant. It's not a contract, it's a covenant that God puts them together and they become they they came to the to the place to the wedding individuals who were who were in love and wanted to get married and then they walk away after their their commitment in marriage as actually there's something brand new they created a a family even right there that didn't exist before but now it does and they walk that out and so what does it look like to bring glory to Christ in our families. And because of our commitment here at faith to God's Word, it's important to give this biblical foundation of how families function. And as I've said before, many times when you speak about family, there's so much baggage that comes with it. We all come from broken pasts. We all come from from broken families. Uh, We often tell our kids, hey listen, our our goal is that you grow up in our our." further along than what we were when we got married. And so we want them to build on what we have given them and they will do the same. And they'll raise children that will do the same. And so this is how, this is our, our, our heart. But all of us need to understand, um, none of us have reached perfection yet. None of us are perfect men and perfect women and perfect children. Um, some of you might think your grandchildren are perfect, but they're not, okay? <laughs> So, but this is just the reality. We want to grow. We want to say, all right, Lord, help us to continue to be conformed to your image. And so we look to God's word. And last week we looked at the biblical foundation of the role of a man within a family. And today we want to look at the biblical function and role of a woman in marriage. And so it's important that we look at family under the the kingship of Christ. And why did he create it? Why did he create a family? What's the purpose of it? What's the function of it? And before I get into today, I also want to, to, to just say this. It's important for us to focus our, our attention on what the Bible says about, about us personally. If you're married today, um, it can be very easy because it's a temptation of all of us to focus on what the Bible says about our spouse, right? It's very, or about someone you're engaged to, or about whatever it may be, we kind of deflect and and we do the little elbow. Hey, do you hear that? Did you hear that about you? Actually, we're to look at ourselves and take that step forward. And so we're looking at the function and flow of a family that's under the kingship of Christ. And so we want to ask God to change us. We want to ask God to transform us. We want to, like, us coming to his word is is this. God changed me whatever whatever your 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 role or who you are lord change me as a as a as a wife or change me as a husband or change me as a man preparing for marriage or pre- change me god as a woman preparing for marriage so that i can taste and experience the goodness and the fulfillment of your purpose for me in family and with those that i love and will grow to love in my family and by doing that we honor the lord so Today, God's design for women in a family. Before we read these scriptures regarding women in the family, we need to acknowledge that we, in in our modern world, because mainly of the the feminist movement, applying scriptures to to women many times is seen as hostile. Many times it's, it's just how our world is, and it's like, hey, Jason, you talk about the dudes, but don't you talk about... The women, okay, like and there's this there's this resistance of hang on you don't have a right. Well, here's the deal: I, I'm I'm a pastor, and um, the Bible's all I got. Okay, that's 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 what I, that's what I do. And so we want to apply this. And many churches have not strengthened families to be what God's called them to be because of the pushback from the world. and And our heart is to come under submission to Christ. And so for, many times, actually, I, I really believe this. I think. Um, because of this is off-limits a lot of times to be taught, it's robbed Christian women from fulfillment and God's, um, God's word and pastoral care because of how the world has is, is influenced it. But we're a church that looks at the scriptures. And so I, I, I know, and you, you are women and men who want God's word in your life. And so we don't take our cues from the godless world who need Jesus and are victims of the enemy, we, we take our, our cues from the whole counsel of Scripture and we apply it to our lives so we can actually live a life that's worth living, right, amen? That's what we want. And so as we come to this today, we want to open our hearts and allow God to speak to us. Also, as we come to this today, uh, we need to recognize we live in a world that is, that is trying so desperately to devalue women. And, and any time a man says that he is a woman, that's the most offensive thing to, to women that I've ever heard in my life. And then we live in a world that says, oh, it's okay. And, and we live in a world that has actually changed the definition of gender to not actually biological realities but to leanings towards preferences and actions and, and, if, and, and so there's no, it's like this moving target. But, Specifically, you women have been targeted to be devalued in who God has made you to be and have have caused the world to not celebrate the incredible reality of how God designed you, created you, knit you together, that you, you can stink and grow a child inside your body. That's amazing. And we want to celebrate who you are and say, come on, that's a woman. And so, and we want to do that today. And so I just, we we are living in a weird world where you can see how the enemy, which goes back to Genesis, doesn't like women. Why? Because God said the seed of the what? Of the woman will crush the head of Satan. So, from the very beginning, and, and God says that there will be enmity, there will be a struggle between, between Satan and the woman. And so, women, you are a target to be devalued, but here at this church we want to value you and celebrate you and champion you because we are proud of who you are as a woman. But let's begin by looking at the creation of woman. In Genesis chapter 2, there's Adam, he's in the garden, says, "The the Lord God said it's not good that man should be alone. I'm so glad that God said that. I'm so thankful for that. Um, and then he says this, I will make him a helper fit for him. I want you to think about the what's going on here. Adam is in the garden. Adam has God. Like God. Like the creator of the universe. This is, this is God and Adam are in an in a intimate relationship. God is perfect in his provision. Adam has food. Adam has, I mean, this is the perfect dude life. He's like, I've got food. I've got Animals, and I don't have to wear clothes. This is awesome, like, right? It's, it's great. I don't have to wear I can walk around and just, like, it's, it's a man's world. That's what's going on. But God sees him and recognizes something's missing. Now, you would think, but he had God. Why is something missing? It's because it's God's design, and so there was something incomplete about who God, who, who Adam was, that God's like, I know what you need, bro. You need a helper. That's who you need. And so the scripture continues, so the Lord God calls a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs clo- and closed up its place with flesh, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Now often when I do weddings, I I take a moment and I I ask the question, why a rib? And then I explain it, because this is really important, especially in, in our world, but the woman was not made out of his head to top over him, she was not made out of his feet to be trampled on by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected and near his heart to be loved. And it's so important that we understand that man and woman bear an expression of God. They embody an expression of God that that as they express it gives a completeness of who our God actually is. That woman is made in His image. Man is made in God's image. And so together through their attributes and roles that God has designed, they express a, a, a Something of God that would be missing unless we had male and female in the expression of those. And so, though they have different roles, they are totally equal. And it's so important that we understand this, that man and woman are equal in value, but they are different in their roles and what God has designed us. The scripture goes on to say that, then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. And actually, the joke is, the reason why it's woman is he saw her and he was like, whoa, man, like, that's, she's good looking. Because, I know it's dumb, it's like a dad joke, okay, it's fine. Because she was taken out of the man, um, verse 24, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So God is the one who puts, put them together. It's the model. It's the model of, of what a marriage and a covenant is, that God would put you together. But we see here that there is, there's a difference. And as we lean in, it's important that we, that we go, okay, God, we want you to be glorified in our lives, whether you're preparing for marriage or you're married, we want you to be glorified. And so, what is my role? what is my role that you have for me within a family? Because a family is a, it's a, it's a form of biblical government that functions to produce things, that functions to, to, to protect, that functions to provide, that functions to educate, that functions to to, to, lead, to lead family. It's a government. So God how can we have this healthy family? And so we're gonna to continue to look at Ephesians chapter five which my wife and I inscribed the, the reference on the inside of our, our, our wedding rings because this is, this, we want to honor God with this passage. This was read at our, at our wedding. And last week we looked at the man and what his role was and we started with him. And it, last week we looked at the man according to God is the head of the family and it, he has a responsibility. And so today we wanna to look at what does God say regarding the woman. And, it's, and it starts with this, wives, submit to your own husbands. Now, many times when I say this word at, at, uh, at weddings, people snicker and they get a weird look on their face because it's like, submit. <laughs> Boy, he's old school, isn't he? But here's the reality. What submit means is allow yourself to be protected by the man's role in the, in the family. Hey, listen, God set him as the head of the household. He set him as the covering. It says that Christ is the head of the man and man is the head of the woman. In other words, the man has a responsibility of protection and care and, and, uh, and love to, 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 to take care of her. That's why God put him as the head. And so this means, women, allow yourself, wives, allow yourself to be protected by this man's role and what God has anointed him to do and called him to do. Now the man obviously is not to abuse that he's to love her as Christ loved the church and Jesus died on a cross for the church. So the man is to die for her. He's to he's to he's to lead her, he's to do what it takes for her. He's to love her like Christ loved the church. And it continues, wives, then submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Notice it says to your own husbands. So this is not that women need to submit to all husbands. That's not, that's not what he's saying. Some people take it at that or submit to all men. No, No, listen, this is looking at the family houses. How has God designed it? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So as we looked last week, the man has a role, protection, responsibility, to lay his life down for his family. He's the only one who can lead his family in that role. If he chooses, I don't wanna be the head of the family, that's fine, you can say that, but it doesn't change who's, who's the head of the home. You're just a bad head of the home if you choose not to walk that out. But the man is that. And just like as we look at the scripture, there is a role for the wife, But again, this is not about someone has a greater value, someone has a greater purpose. No, not at all. This is about bringing glory to Christ through who he has designed us to be within the family. So God set a woman in the family. He set her in the family just like he set the man. He sets the woman in the family through this covenant of marriage. And so there are fundamental differences of roles and how they interact with one another. How many know this? Men and women are different, right? We do know this and how we interact is different, but also our our role and responsibility and what we bring to the family is different. So I wanna take some time looking at the scriptures and and helping us look at what the role of a woman is. Number one, according to the scriptures, a godly wife in the home is a help to her husband. Just like any role in the family, that that role is defined by what the scripture says. And and, And as we read, Eve, the woman, was created as a help. A help for what? Have you ever wondered that? What is that help? Well, the man has the responsibility of leading the family, has the responsibility of providing, has the responsibility of protecting, has the responsibility of of being an oversight for the home. Though he may not be guilty of the decisions that his children make or his wife makes, he's still responsible. He's still responsible to take care of things. Just like if my children do something dumb, I'm not, I didn't do it, but I'm responsible to get them out of the dumb situation they're in. It's, it's on me. And so this is his role. So when it says that the wife is to be a help to the husband, help for what? To help manage the home, to help lead the home with him. She's to help help. His role and responsibility is to see that manifested in the home in a way that's life-giving, in a way that, that she can do, in, in a way that he can't do. And she's to come alongside and to help the family prosper, to help the family um, find, uh, walk in the, in the purposes of God and bring glory to God. That's what this means. She's to help her husband oversee the family. She, she is a powerful force in the home. And when a, when a man and a woman come together in marriage and say, hey, let's walk this out and let's bring glory to God in our roles. You're not going to be perfect, but what happens is you you move from just we have a house to now you actually have a home that's producing something. That's, there's, a, there's an aroma about the home. And when, when people are walking for the purposes of God, doesn't mean you're perfect, but that's your, that's your desire together. There's something in the home that just you can't really put your finger on. It. Have you ever been over someone's house and, and you're there and you're like... When you leave, you're like, it just felt weird. Anybody ever done that? And maybe you came in my house and you said that. I don't know, but like, it just feels weird. And I don't know. There's just not a. I don't know. I just it's just. Ugh, I don't know. Well, that's an aroma, and so depending on the relationship of the husband and the wife, that's the aroma of the home. There's a there's a sense that you can sense and feel. If if you go to a home and you leave, you're like, man, that was so peaceful. There was something about that house i'm like can i move in like this is great what is it that's the aroma of the house it's a spiritual aroma that that is like ah okay there's 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 some there's alignment here and the kingship of christ is here you can tell the difference you can tell the difference and so a good question for all of us is what's the aroma of our house what is the sense that that marks our children or marks our marriage or when people come over, what is it that they sense? Well, a husband and a wife that are submitted to Christ have an aroma. Their home does. There's something about them that you're just like, I like to be around them. It's the aroma of which they produce. And so this is, this is a, a home is being built with, through these actions and with an, an, an aroma. And so the wife is to be the helper in that home and with that aroma that her and the husband are creating. Just to understand the, the power of a woman, of a wife within a, within a home, Proverbs 14 says this, the wise woman builds her house. In other words, she's, she's building it. She's partnering. She's helping create a home. But with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. So you see the, the importance of Both the husband wanted to bring glory to Christ and the wife wanted to bring glory to Christ. Many of us have have known of of a woman who, through her foolishness, ripped her house apart. We know men who have also done the same. But the woman also can do the same. She can literally tear her home down with her foolishness. We know them, maybe you've been a, a, a victim of a woman doing this. This though shows you that a woman has a significant role in the building of a home, of a house, of the aroma because she has a significant influence with her husband together. So as we, as we talked last week, there's the, the husband has a responsibility but the reality is the wife does too and it is, it's this reality that women and that God designed to be in a family are women that, that are helping and that are serving, um, and they're called by God to come alongside. No, number two is this, godly wives respect their husbands. And I, I, I'll speak more about this. Um, it's interesting how the scripture, though, does not say that um, wives, you should love your husbands. It actually does. It, it mentions it in Titus, which we'll look at in just a bit, but that was more about teaching the younger, um, the, the younger to actually, this is what it, the older women are to teach the younger women to do these things. And one of them was to love your husbands, love your children, love your home, like all that kind of stuff. But in this aspect of marriage, it doesn't say that husbands should, should respect their wives or wives should love their husbands. Now, of course, Wives should love their husbands. But Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Guess what? Husband's your neighbor. You should love him, right? That's, that's, but the point is there's a function. There's a flow. And so um, this speaks to women in their office as wives in the family. And it tells them, hey, it's important that you respect your husband. There's something about the design of, of a man that needs respect. And there's something about the design of a woman that says that husbands should love your wives, that the wife needs respect. Love. Need. There's, a, there's an expression that, that meets of, of from each other that meets one another's needs. And so this is why, this is why it's important, though, that you ch- when choosing a husband, he's a man that is respectable. So there isn't this I'm going to marry this dude. I don't really respect him, but I love him. And then after I get married, I'll respect him. No, no, that is not how it works. You, you choose a man because you respect him. There's things about his life you respect. And many times single Christian women don't connect these important dots. Many times a single woman is considering marrying someone and, and you go, oh, yeah, but they're a jerk. She said, yeah, but, but I love them. Well, just so you know, loving him is not, doesn't mean he's husband material, right? Loving him doesn't mean that he's worthy of being a, a, a respectable husband. And so, according to the scripture, what makes a man husband material is that the substance of his life, which includes his actions, are worthy of respect. You're like, hmm, I respect that. I, I like his choices there. There's, I respect. That doesn't mean you're, you're always going to respect everything. There are certain things you should, though. There should be something about a husband that you respect you respect his purity his sexual purity you respect his what what he does with his own body and how he treats his own body you there's some respect you respect his work ethic you there's something respectable you respect how he treats you something very respectable about him and you go husband material also women you got to ask the question you marry a man because you want your sons to do do you want your sons to turn out like him that's how you know if he's the right choice so there's a respect about a man, or when, the showing of respect to a man that meets the needs deeply of, of a man, but a single woman should never consider marrying a man that she does not respect. She never should. But God speaks to men within the family, and he tells them, focus on loving your wife, and then he speaks to, to, to a woman within the family, and he says, you to focus on respecting, and honoring your husband. And the reason is this, that God has designed man and woman to, it's like fuel. We run on different things. We run on different things. Just like a gas car runs on gas, a diesel car runs on diesel. If you try to put the fuel in, in each, it's not, it's not going to run. God designed us and the expression of his heart through male and female in family is we, we run on different. What, it, what moves us, the direction of bringing glory to Christ and our well-being is these two aspects of fuel. In most cases... In most cases, a man will offer respect to his wife because he wants her to feel loved. And a, and a wife will offer love and tenderness to her husband because she wants him to feel loved. And, it's, it's, and you're like, why aren't we connecting? Because there's this understanding of how God has designed us and made us as male and female and what we run on. Meaning women run on love and men run on respect. That's, that's how God designed it. And so we need to understand this and, and apply this to our lives and, and see, what, see what happens in our, in our marriages. There's an illustration, though, of, I think it's called Love and Respect, actually is the name of the book, it's a marriage book, and it's an illustration where a, a man and a woman stand on, on each side of this huge chasm, and the man says, listen, I, will, I would love you more if you would respect me more. And then she says, I would respect you more if you would love me more. And so it's this cycle. Well, In the covenant of marriage, we make a covenant, a man makes a covenant before God. I'm going to love you even on the days you're not lovely. And the woman says, I'm going to respect and honor you even on the days I don't like you. Okay. There's this... All of a sudden, this is the covenant before God. We serve our wives and we serve your, our husbands in marriage, not because, not because they're always something that just you want to do it. It's because you want to bring glory to Christ through your life within that marriage. And so we, wanna, we want to lean in on this. And this is how God has, has designed it. So for us, we need to understand, for, for women, we need to understand this is that God has called you to respect and honor your husbands. Men, you are called to love And to serve your wives. Number three, godly wives are to be oriented towards their homes. This is this is really this is important for us to understand. It may be (coughs) excuse me, may be taboo in our society, but a godly wife is to be oriented towards her home. This doesn't mean that a a woman, (coughs) excuse me, this woman (coughs) doesn't mean that a woman shouldn't use her skills for other things to work or to help the family, but her priority, her priority according to the Scriptures is to, is to be the, the, the management of the home and care for those within the home. Proverbs 31.15 says this, that speaking of a godly woman, she rises while it's yet night and provides food for her husband and portions for her, for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. So this, this, is, a, this is a godly woman who has a work ethic. She's also working and doing things outside of the home, but her priority is the home. And Titus 2 says this, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and to train the young women to love their husbands and children To be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their husbands, that the word of God may, may not be reviled. Proverbs 31, 27 says, she, speaking of the godly woman, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. And just like a way of showing respect to a husband is acknowledging what he does for the family and, and saying an appreciation of, hey, thank you for for working, thank you for what you do, thank you for providing, protecting, and all these things that we talked about last week. There's a way for families to show love to the wife, and you you are to praise them when they're preparing the home. You're to you're you're to do your best, men. I, I know I'm I'm I am blind sometimes of what, you know, happens in my home. That's why. It's, Sometimes Cheryl's like, do you like my hair? And I'm like, oh, I've been looking at you all day. I didn't know anything was different, right? We're to, we're to, we're to look around and say, hey, thank you for this. And thanks for, for, for what's happened. Thanks for the, the clothes that I, I, I opened my drawer and there's clean clothes in there. Like, how did that get there? Well, thank you. Like, somebody did that. We should acknowledge that. We should say, thank you for that. But a woman also provides. There's a sense of, of as we just read in the scripture, to keep her home. There's there to be oriented towards the home. There's a nurturing uh, spirit about them. This is a godly woman who is submitted under under Christ. And so, biblically, godly wives are the keeper of the home. They're the managers of the home. Yes, husbands, according to scripture, you're the head of the house, but husbands, because God's role has placed them as, as the one to keep the home, you should still take your shoes off where she tells you to take your shoes off, right? All the women say amen. amen. All the men say oh me. I'm just kidding. So listen, it's, it's this idea that there's roles. And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not wanting to get into the details of all of this, but this is the, the reality that women are called by God. They are set in the families. And the scripture delegates the responsibility of running the home to the woman. It's just, it's part of who God has designed her to be. I know there are, there are exceptions to the case, but this is the overarching biblical role of a godly woman within the family. So whatever she does, whatever the, a godly woman does, she considers, is this the best for the family? She doesn't buy frivolously. She doesn't go to go grocery shopping and, and not think about how much she spends or, or whatever. And you may go grocery shopping together, whatever your structure is in the home. The heart of the woman is to be nurturing and to be caring for those who are in the home. And so, so this is God's design. Number four, godly wives are discerning. And this is, a, this comes from this relationship with Jesus that they're, that they're cultivating and they're walking in and they're applying to their life. There's a discernment. There's discernment. I, the world calls it women's intuition, right? There's something about the design of a woman. They know things that maybe they, how did you know that? If you, if you have mothers, it's like your kids would say, mom has eyes in the back of her head. Like, how do you know that? Well, women, God has called them and designed them. There's a discernment about them. They, they, they express something of God that... A man does, it. does a man have discernment? Yes, but does a woman have discernment that's, that's a little different and reveals things that the man didn't? Yes, that's how God designed the woman. And so God has given this to you as women from his heart to use within your family. And it also, you read things and see things differently than other people within the family. So from a godly woman's role, it's this idea that women are, there's, a, there's, there's like some communication going on that doesn't happen with sometimes the man. And so God has given women this keen sense of knowing what's really going on. So if, if, if Johnny or Susie are telling mom what happened or what's, what's really going on and they got into a fight, mom goes, what really happened? What's really going on? Well, what did you do? That caused this to happen. I didn't do anything. No, what did you actually do, son, to actually cause this? What's going on? And then later you realize, oh, you get the whole story. It's why? Because she has discernment and, and she has raised children or she sees her husband and she's like, how'd your day go? It was good. How'd it really go? What's really going on? Are you okay? Like there's some discernment there that God has placed on the life of a woman that's beautiful and powerful and it's to be worked out and used for the good of the family. So God knows, we know God knows all things. We know that. But mothers seem to have the same kind of skill as God sometimes. There's a discernment from God that's been given to the woman that God has set in the family. There's a discernment by by the woman and the family that every child or situation doesn't require the same response. God has said the woman, a godly woman in, in the family uses discernment, and knows when to discipline, knows when to show grace, knows when to show strength, when, knows when to show love, knows when to speak strong, speak soft, speak nothing, knows, you know, I need to walk into the room, stay out of the room, whatever. Women walk in that discernment. And, and women, we wanna, I, I want to empower you that you would walk in this discernment and ask God to increase it because you have an expression of God through your life that men just don't have. And so we, wanna, we want to, I, for me, in my heart, I, I want you to walk in that and understand that. Even if a situation seems the same as another, God has given mothers inside information that they're able to discern it. There's a, a story for me, it's an example, I've shared this before, but my mom, when I was like 15, I was, uh, I don't know if you would, you would, I know you would never think of this of me, but I was a, a really strong-willed child, very strong. And, uh, and I used this tongue a lot to be disrespectful. I know you would never think that because I've always been a Christian from birth, but listen, the reality is, I was, I, I was a hard-headed young man, and my dad worked away from home a lot because he worked for, on the railroad, and so he would have to travel and go to different places. Whenever there, the, there was a derailment or whatever, he was the track foreman, so he, had to, so he was gone a lot. So my mom was, was raising three sons. Um, later, my sister came along, but I was a mouthy punk is what I was and i was and i was my heart was becoming hard and difficult and my mom without a, a man in the home through several days of the week had to had to had to do some things had to adjust her parenting but i stood in the i remember i stood in the kitchen i walked and she said something and i said something very disrespectful to her and 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 she turned around and i mean a right cross open hand across the face And, I was, and it, it rung my bell. I needed it, and I'm so thankful. But she responded that way, and then she had tears running down her face. So I'm like, she just slapped me and is crying at the same time. Like, what's going on here? It was, she was discerning what I needed, and then this is what she said. And it changed my life. She said, if you give your will to Jesus, you'll change the world. If you don't, it will destroy you. And so with tears running down her face and the left side of my face stinging, (laughs) I was like, I get it. I knew it was right. That was discernment of what her 15-year-old punk son needed in the kitchen. Also, I didn't mouth off to mom much after that as well, but that's what I needed. And so godly wives in the home discern the needs of different situations. And You won't always get it right, but that's what God has called you and set you in the home to do. Number five, godly wives are resilient. There's a resilience about godly wives and the expression of God through you as a woman that the, there's some things that the man just doesn't have. Listen, I, we used to go on road trips with our kids. The, the patience and the resilience of my wife with the kids in the back seat, I don't know where it came from because it definitely wasn't for me. I, I remember we'd be driving, be like a, we used to drive a lot, like 16 hours here. And we used to do a lot. And, um, and she'd be, you want me to drive? I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. So I'd hop over and now I have to take care of the kids. And, the, and I'm like... Hey, you want to pull over? I'll drive. You just take care of the kids. We're, it's all good. There's a resilience about the expression of a woman within marriage that men just don't have. But God has set a woman in the home for, res, for a resilience. And the re, why are they so resilient? Because God created the woman's heart within the family um, to just to, to stay the course. Many times men are like, oh, you know, baby, just get over it, just move on. Well, he, here's the deal: God didn't make women's heart to just get over it. That's why they're still with us. Right? That's why they still take care of the family. Because if 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 they could, they, they would have they gotten over us a long time ago because of, but they're resilient. There's something about the expression of the woman that is resilient. They wouldn't be able to put up with children. But God made their hearts resilient and he made their hearts committed and he gave them a portion of his heart that is always with those that a godly woman takes care of and nurtures in her home. It's, it's, like, it's like what Joshua says in Joshua 1:5, it says, as I was with Moses, this is God speaking, so I will be with you, Joshua. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This is the heart of a godly woman within a family. And this is the same as a woman submitted to Christ thick or thin, good or bad. Wherever you go, child, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to hunt you down. I'm going to knock on your best friend's door. I'm going to look for you. If I can't find you, I'm going to text you. I'm going to call you. If you don't answer, I'm going to text somebody else. I'm going to text a friend. I'm going to call you again. If you don't answer, I'm going to text you, and I'm going to text you until you answer. The stinking phone, child, why? Because she's resilient, because that's what God's called her to be in the home. I'm never gonna give up. Wherever you go, I'm for you, I'm with you, I'm praying for you, I'm standing with you. Get your butt home. That's the resilience of a woman that God has set within a family. When a child's running late for curfew and the husband says, sweetheart, just relax. Let's go to sleep, calm down. She can't because who God has designed her to be doesn't give up, it doesn't rest. It cannot relax when one of her children is not home yet. It's the same. If this, this is the heart of God being expressed through the woman, a godly woman said in the family. When everybody else has given up on her child, when everybody else has written her child off, godly women don't give up on their children. When people are ashamed to be around her child because of what he's, he or she has done, she, a godly woman, Takes, takes food to the child, Make sure the child's okay. She's resilient. Doesn't matter what anyone else says. She's not gonna give up on her child because God will not give up on us. It's something in the heart of a woman she just doesn't give up. Aren't you thankful for resilient women? Amen. It's like she expresses the heart of God from, from 2 Timothy 2.13. If we're faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. That's, she is faithful. A godly woman is faithful to those within her home. Number six, godly wives are generous. She's a giver. She's not a taker. She'll run children from one place to another. She'll give up, give up her own dreams so that her family can fulfill theirs. She will sacrifice her needs so that other people's needs are met. A godly woman set in a family doesn't ask the question, what's the easiest for me? She's asking, what's the best for my family? This is a godly woman. The heart of a godly woman expresses the generosity of her creator. It's it's expressed in Romans 8.32, speaking about God. says, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? This is the expressed heart of God through the woman being shaped in the image of God. And a mother's generosity, let's be honest, doesn't stop with her family. At the end of the night when everyone else is exhausted and at the end of the night godly, when godly women are tired and your friend calls you and your friend has a need, godly women, it's just the generosity of their heart. They, they stop and they go and serve and they express generosity and they, their, their heart is towards other people. For, for godly women within families, the, the generosity that flows from, and I know all, we're all shaped differently, but I, I've seen this in my own family. I've seen it in my own wife. I've seen it with, with other godly women. Like, you will pray, you'll go into warrior mode and give up your time and your energy to, to, to seek God on behalf of a friend or a friend's child or someone's in need because you express a generosity of God that He has placed in your life to be expressed in the family, and it's powerful. But number seven, the last one is in all of this, godly wives still need strengthening and need healing. Because of who God has made you and how he has fashioned you, how he has set emotions in you and the depth of who you are, you feel things many times deeper than men do. You feel things deeper than how even your children do. And those things that you carry keep you up at night. They keep you stressed. And they keep you tired because maybe you don't sleep well at night. Those deep issues that you, you're processing, you're walking through, it's who God's made you to be. But it, at times it, it, it creates pain. It creates deep feelings of, of, of could feel like darkness at times or joy. Maybe for you today as women, because of what has happened in your family or happened in your life, the reality is maybe joy is something you, you remember, but it's a long time ago. As you have been a godly woman and been called by God and you have strived and maybe you've been hurt, maybe you've been betrayed, maybe you have, you have given, I just want to take a moment today and, and let you know it's okay to need to be strengthened and healed. But it's how God has designed you. You, you, you bear things deep. A lot of things can happen in life. Some of them, are not just, they're not godly, they are unfair. Things you can control and things you can't control. But God wants you to be strengthened and to be healed. For us as husband and men, we need to understand this about the woman. She carries things deeper than we do. So she needs strengthening and she needs healing. And we want to assist as men in her life but for you as, you as women today, whether you're married or not, the reality is God offers healing and strengthening for you today. It's his heart. God wants you to live in peace. He wants you to walk in, in a sense of wholeness. He wants you to turn certain situations over to him. He wants you to turn certain people over to him. You, you were not designed to carry the guilt of a child that's gone away from God or a child that has rejected you and then you feel like you're the guilty one. You're not called by God to bear that. You're to surrender those things to the Lord. And he wants to heal you. First Peter 5, 7 says this, that you can cast all your care on him. Because He cares for you, He understands you. Why? Because He made you. Because you carry an expression of God that you were created from His heart to be expressed in the family. Why? Because without you, it wouldn't be there. Without you, it wouldn't exist because of who God has made you as a woman. and So God wants to give you peace. He wants to restore you. He wants to alleviate the burdens from you, and he wants to heal you. I know there's there's no telling what pain is in the hearts of the women in this room. Men, we compartmentalize. We're like that's the that's the the, the mourning or the grief box, and I'll, I'll I'll open it when I need to, but it stays over here. And, that's the, you know, I'll put this one over here. And okay, I'm, I, things are at work, okay, I'll get home, but I can put that box over here. And then I'm like, oh, I opened up, I'm home box. We, and we can live separate. Women, everything's connected. Everything's connected. What happens in, when you grieve? What happens in joy? What happens in, in loss? What happens in, in victories? They're all connected, but that's by design. It's not a weakness. It's by design so that you can serve your family, but it does come with a burden. So I want to take a moment and just pray for you women that God would strengthen you, that God would heal you, that you would embrace the reality that God gave you a deep heart to feel things. But he also gave you a heart that belongs to him, and he wants to heal and restore and strengthen you so that you can continue to be the amazing women that you are in the home that God has set. He set you in the home on purpose. Who you are is designed on purpose. And for us men, we need to appreciate and value those things more than, hey, get over it, or hey, what's going on? We need to love, but women, I want you to receive from the Lord today. I believe God wants you to receive strength and healing. So women, if you could just stand, all women, married or not, we just wanna take a moment and pray. Can we just give a hand clap for the women? Amen. Let's just join together in praying over the women of this church. If you're online today, receive this today. Lord, I thank you for the expression of who you are that is expressed through these women, that you designed it and God. These are godly women here who want to fulfill their purpose and have great joy and great fulfillment. But, Lord, life many times becomes a, a burden, and many times they forego their own needs. They give, and they give, but there, there's a deficit because of who you design them. They are resilient. They are generous. And God, right now, we want to pray for all of our women. That God, that your peace would come upon them in a way that they've never experienced. God, to those who feel burden, who feel, who because of stresses in their lives and maybe picked up habits or negative things that they know shouldn't be in their life, God, I ask you today that there would be freedom. They would receive your freedom in the name of Jesus. That God, that they would, surrender to you all the burdens of their hearts. He wants, God, that you, you want to give them a fresh vision, a fresh understanding of your love for them, that God, they can flow out from them, God, from their source, which is you. And God, I ask you that your, your Father's love, God, right now, their, fa- your, their fathers, Heavenly Father's love would be revealed to them, would minister to them, would strengthen them, would heal them today. Lord, we celebrate the woman that you formed and you made that's a part of your expression of who you are on this earth. God, we wanna celebrate that. We want to champion that and protect that. And so Lord, today we bless our women and we bless them in the name of Jesus that your face would shine upon them, that you would give them peace, and that, God, you would heal their hearts and they would receive overwhelming sense of your joy today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, visit faith.church. That's faith.church.